Good day and welcome to the Upper Room Apostolic Podcast. If this is your first time listening, you may consider hitting the follow button so that you will be updated every time a new episode comes out. The Upper Room Apostolic Podcast aims to deliver inspiring messages from God's Word. Episodes uploaded are originally written as article posts in www.upcmalabon.wordpress.com. May the Lord bless you with His Word today as you listen. From empty nets to empty boat. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down, and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing, nevertheless at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came, and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. Luke 5 3-7 Here we find the account of Luke of how Jesus called the first disciples, who were fishermen. They were washing their nets on the shore after a disappointing night of no catch. Jesus taught the people on Simon's boat, and after he finished teaching them, he commanded Simon to launch out into the deep, and let down their nets for a catch. The Sea of Galilee is not really a sea, but rather a lake, or a body of water enclosed by land. It is approximately 7 miles wide and 12.5 miles long. It is also called the Sea of Tiberias, and Lake of Gennesaret, which was a town allotted to the tribe of Naphtali. It is freshwater, and had been a source of food for the people for around 5,000 years straight, until last 2010, fishing was banned for two years sourcenews.bbc.co.uk, for fishermen using nets with small holes therefore depleting the supply of fish, especially the so-called St. Peter's fish or tilapia, and also because of infection. Later on, the government released 1 million small tilapias to the lake to revive the supply and also to eat of the growing and toxic weeds. The fishing industry flourished in the times of Jesus, as the Tetrarch Herod Antipas established good system for the industry. In the Gospels, we could read many times about fish, in the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew 7:10, the Lord used it in the miracle of feeding the multitude, Matthew 14:17 and Matthew 15:34, used it to provide their tax payment, Matthew 17:27, taught a parable about fishing, Matthew 13:47, and the Lord ate fish after the resurrection, Luke 24:42, John 21, 9-10. According to Josephus, an ancient Jewish historian, there were about 230 fishing boats operating in the Sea of Galilee during that time. Usually they do fishing in partnership, and was the case with Andrew and Simon and the Zebedee brothers, John and James. Each boat could carry approximately half ton. And fishing in that time was highly profitable, not just for the fish themselves but also through the byproduct, especially a fish sauce called garum, that was used by Romans in their meals. Garum distributors made substantial amount of money per year. Magdala, a town in Galilee was known to be a town where fish were processed to produce such products. Going back to our key text, we just read an experienced fisherman was told by a carpenter by trade, to launch to the deep and cast their nets. If there was ever a time to best catch fish, it would be at night, for they will not be scattered by the sunlight, but rather be attracted together by the small light coming out of the fisherman's lamp, and also the fish would not be able to see the nets set by the fisherman. And if ever there was a best spot to fish, the fishermen by trade would know it, but they did all they could, to the most of their professional ability, knowledge and skills last night, to no avail. Usually they cast their nets seven to eight times a night, and this is hard work and requires persistence, bodily strength and stamina to do. 
They did this all night without any results, and now, a teacher tells them to do it again, as if he knows any better haha. Surely he did and he still does know better than any of us. Nevertheless at thy word, was Peter's final answer, and it was of obedience. Before this he said, Master, we have toiled all night, and have taken nothing. He had all the right justification for not obeying the master's command. He was the professional, and in his own professional opinion, it was useless, as they did the same all night. What difference would it make in the morning? But, nevertheless at thy word, that nevertheless at thy word made all the difference. The master's word made all the difference. If only we would do the same every time the Lord is speaking to us regarding some things, things that we think we have the full knowledge of. If only we would be like Peter every time God wants us to step by faith and not by sight. Only if we would say the same utterance and obey every time the Lord wants us to trust Him with all our hearts and lean not unto our own understanding. At the word of Jesus, the fishermen launched into the deep, and they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, too many that their nets break. It seems it was not only Peter who obeyed the words of Jesus, even so did the fishes. The same lake, the same nets used, probably on the same usual spots, what made the difference was that the master of the universe was there, and his word of power upholds everything in the cosmos. For in its beginning, he spoke and there was light. He spoke the dividing of waters through the firmament. He spoke and the fish of the seas were created. The same creator spoke this time, and no matter where all the fish were hiding the night before, they would rush into the fishermen's nets to participate in the miracle of the bountiful catch. This was enough for Peter to understand who this carpenter slash teacher was. He had been in this business long enough to comprehend what he saw was nothing short of a miracle. When he saw it, when all this unfolded before his very eyes, he had a certain realization of divine presence and potency. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Isn't this like the prophet Isaiah upon seeing in his vision the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple? Isaiah 6 1? When he said, Woe is me! For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 6 5. Oh what great paradox Peter exclaimed. To say depart from me, while falling at his feet. To recognize our unworthiness of him, and of his grace and love, and mercy is also to realize all the more our need of him. Were we all not in the same paradoxical feeling as he had? Depart from me O Lord for I am unworthy of your greatness, I am not worthy of the love, undeserving for the grace, all the while crying at his feet, for we are so helpless, and we don't have no hope outside being the recipient of his unmerited, undeserved love. The more we declare our poverty in spirit, the more we declare our need of him, and he draws closer to us, and does not push us away. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you, James 4 8a. Peter's declaration of faith, his recognition of the divine, was received by the master and in response, a commission was assigned to him and his partners. Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Just as with Isaiah's mouth being cleansed by the coal from the altar, and was sent to be God's messenger, just as Moses from being a shepherd, to being commissioned to deliver Israel after a divine encounter, Peter from then on received his calling, his direction in life forever changed, or should we say, found, from being fisherman to being fisher of men, all it took was an experience of a divine encounter. Have you found your life calling? Your life purpose? Everything else is either preparation to, or distraction from, your ultimate God-given purpose. All the hard works nightly on the Sea of Galilee were Peter's training. 
Moses' 40 years in the desert shepherding was God's practicum before graduating in the University of Wilderness with a master's degree in leading a stiff-necked flock. David's flights and fights against bears and lions were his training program for him to know in the future how to fight a giant and how to flee from a mad king. On the other hand, evil influences and friends, ungodly activities, and even worldly successes are and can be distractions that pull you away from your life purpose that God gave you. We must take care and be sure that we discover and fulfill God's purpose in our lives, for being successful in many other things won't matter, if we leave that one thing undone. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it, Colossians 4:17. Then they forsook all, and followed him, Luke 5, 11b, after receiving the call of their lives, they straightway left their trade, their lives so far, to follow him, yea, to die for him even. All this after a night of empty catch, after a night of despair and frustration, a night of much toil but with no results. We could even trace the hand of God in all these empty nets, in preparation for a miracle of plenty catch and of broken nets, that led to the beginning of found calling and purpose, and of abandoned boats. Some sleepless nights of toils and struggles are God's prelude to our lives turning point. Sometimes they are the overtures that make the following details all the more colorful and vibrant. The sudden change in tempo in God's musical masterpiece makes the listening heart skip a beat. The contrast between empty and full, despair and victory, would make the object of the miracle realize God's sovereignty in all things. Have we thanked God for missed opportunities? Doors that closed? Unanswered prayer, or sometimes God answered prayer in the way we did not expect and hope. Because no is also an answer? It may take time and experience, also wisdom and trust, to see God's providence in all things, yes even in empty nets. Sometimes, just like in the case of Balaam, God opens the mouth of a donkey to speak to us and to prevent us from going our ways, for there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14:12. That was the case for the fishermen, the night of disappointment led to a morning of appointment. Yes, that day they were appointed to be disciples and later on apostles. God tests our obedience in the midst of disappointments and frustrations. Probably, Peter's nevertheless at thy word obedience made his case for being a potential disciple established. The Lord is looking for people who would listen and follow him despite the odds. He is looking up to now for people who would do what he commands, even when at times, things don't seem probable. He is still looking and calling nevertheless at thy word people to send and do his work. If there are some good qualities Peter had at this point, it would be his work ethics, for being a fisherman at this time, still up to today, requires hard work and obedience to the Master's word. And most of the times, that's all that God requires. Persistence and not skills, obedience and not wits. Just like did Mary, most of the times all we need to do is to say, Behold the handmaid, servant, of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Luke 1 38a. That was how they were called to being full-time disciples, from partial and casual engagements, to lifetime involvement and commitment, from listening by the shores of Galilee, to witnessing in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth, and yes, what it took was a night of no catch and obeying the words of Jesus despite. Later on, after the resurrection, when they again lost direction, the same pattern of empty nets and Jesus giving direction from the shore, restored Peter's life purpose of feeding the flock. John 21 1-19 For sure the day when they were called by the Lord to follow him was a day that Peter would always remember. The night before, their boats were full of fishermen, but empty of fishes, but in the morning after Jesus stepped on that boat, it was full of fishes, but empty of its fishermen. They all left and followed him without even caring for the catch, and we can say the rest is history, or rather, we should say, the rest was the gospel. All quoted scriptures are from the King James Version.